3: and empower
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination, and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Aaron Addison's.
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B and J Mac are on taps to help us navigate the show and we appreciate them. We're going to uh, get into some content today. Um, before we do that, we want to um, make some announcements, let you know what's going on here at the American Family Association, American Family Radio.
0: Yes, we have our Marriage Family Life Conference coming up uh, July 7, 8, and 9th. And May 15th is the deadline to register. So make sure you go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net to get your uh, tickets for the Marriage Family Life Conference that's happening. And you can also find information on the website about the speakers and also see a schedule and things like that. So marriagefamilylife.net for the Marriage Family Life Conference. Also, if you want to email us, email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. And if you want to watch the broadcast live, you can just follow us on uh, Facebook and YouTube, search for Airing the Addisons, and you can watch what's going on live.
1: All right. Okay. Um, Family, members of the body of Christ, let's have a family conversation. Other people are welcome to listen in on that conversation, but we are unapologetically Christian and we speak to a Christian audience. We would love for that audience to grow. And I'm not talking about people who listen to us. I'm talking about those who profess to be Christians, those who follow Christ. Um, But we don't do radio to cater to people who hate the Lord. Mm. We do radio for people who love the Lord. And uh, and and because of that, probably sometimes the 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 topics are not um, easily understood by those who are not discerning. Right. But for those of us who are, let's just have this conversation. So here is the question that I'm asking today. And we'll look at we'll look at some uh, some headlines. And then, of course, we've got some clips to couple with those with those headlines. As we ask this question, I kind of want to work around this today. And I want us to all just kind of think about where we are this moment that we're having in our country. Everybody's talking about the protest over the weekend. Uh, obviously that is a current event, but as we often do, we like to look uh, a little more deeply at some of the spiritual implications of what we're discussing in any given generation. There are things that are kind of popping off in the culture, but the question for the Christian is always, okay, how do we live in the midst of this culture? Um, what is it that God wants us to do? How do we respond? And then also the big question, how do we preserve the gospel? How how do we preserve the gospel? How do we keep the gospel moving forward in every single generation? Those torchbearers, how do we keep moving the gospel along? Right. Sort of like a relay race. um, You might describe it. So here is the question. And this is uh, the show's topic today. Are we looking at the price of protecting the gospel in America? Mm. Are we looking at the price of protecting the gospel in America now? That's a that's a big question. But I I think that there's more behind these protests than we might uh, be willing to admit. I think the unwillingness of the White House to come out and to condemn these protests, I think in pop pop cultural media, um, the ease with which these people are sort of like um, affirming these threats and this intimidation. Right.
0: It seems I like we have this, turned a corner.
1: We and <laughs> and no one you know? is no one is attempting to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so this is when your activism, if it if it was never linked to eternality, this is where you fall off. Mm. This is where you get out of dodge. You're like, nah, I'm done with that. Like we're not <laughs> we're not finna you know deal with Molotovs. Like we're that's when that's when you're done, right? However, however. If your activism, if if the reason that you engage and how you have engaged is because of the gospel, right, then where what what are you going to do? Hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to just start telling lies now just to protect yourself? Are you going to just kind of stop speaking out just to protect yourself? I think indeed for the faithful among us, this is just not an option. like yeah. what what we're not going to stop telling the truth about who God is. We're not going to stop living for his glory, right, that we would make him known to a dead and dying world. So let me talk about um, some of the things that we need to be aware of and and why we are why we are doing this show. So many of you would be familiar with the fact that um, there were planned protests outside of the uh, conservative justices who uh, liberal pro murder activists, um, see as a threat to their um, unchecked desire for blood. Okay, they they want to protest outside of the homes
0: Man. of the
1: justices, yeah. who would even in their righteous ruling would serve as sort of a witness and an aid to these wicked people, and they don't even know it, right? Um, but the White House failed and refused to condemn two things and I, and I want to back up here because we have a White House that refused to condemn even the leak okay <laughs> of this draft opinion refused to condemn even the leak which again mm-hmm. sort of starts the snowball going yeah. it's yeah. sort of because it just picks up speed and and then builds from there yeah. if you're not going to condemn the leak right and say it's like it's like there is a collective inability to align with any with the fact that there is right and there is wrong.
0: And and you would think no matter what the um issue would be that there would be a resounding uh uh sound coming from the White House saying that this is not right. Like you th- that should not be <laughs> yeah. a leak. No matter what the you know it, yeah. it, 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 it feels like this is something that the White House should say Man, we do not condone. And we Mm -hmm. we, you know, put this down like Mm -hmm. and say that this should not be happening. Mm -hmm. But to be silent about that. Wow.
1: It look. So here's how I see it. Here's how I I see it, because the press secretaries all have this way. I mean, if you just watch any of them go back in time and just watch any of them, they all have this way of sort of um, ah eyeing through their teeth okay so mm. what do i mean when i say ah through their teeth they all have this way of sort of mm. knowing what the right thing is to say right and even though they're lying they have this way of trying to find the way to say the thing that i'm supposed to say but i don't really mean that and it sounds sort of like and uh, uh nah. i mean and, and uh, the president uh, <laughs> of course the president uh, you know and i shouldn't say they all but for those for whom it's true They know who they are. okay, And who they were. Uh, So. So here we go. Here is uh, Jen Psaki. Here's her response to the question um, whether or not the White House would be willing to condemn the leak. And then we'll build from here. This is clip one. Does the White House condemn, explicitly
3: condemn this leak and or has seeing this draft been seen as welcome by some here? Uh, I don't think we have a particular view on that other than to say that uh, we certainly note uh, the unprecedented nature of it. What we are mindful of, and I spoke with the president about exactly this question yesterday, and obviously it's up to the Department of Justice to determine what, if any, action they will take. And I know, obviously, there have been calls for that from some Republicans, but also members of the Supreme Court.
1: All of a sudden, they turn into historians. We don't have an opinion. We don't have, you know, one way or the other. We simply note that it's unprecedented. Oh, so what? Now you're a historian? You're a historian. (laughs) But hold on a second, though. Uh, when talking about mm. abortion and murdering babies all of a sudden you turn into a moral compass mm. it's amazing it's like you 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 cannot stand as a moral compass uh on this on this leak uh we we simply would note that uh it's um it's simply it certainly is uh unprecedented okay well you know i'm sorry but the chimpanzee down at the zoo also noted that
0: <laughs> right. in
1: between eating bananas like, he also duh. looked up and he was like you know what
0: yeah mm. <laughs>
1: which means when translated, this is unprecedented. So how are you doing more than the chimpanzee, like down at the zoo? You know what I mean? And then, but, but, but people are supposed to just accept this as if this is noble mm. guys, this is a seismic shift. And and let me tell you why it's important because when the wicked no longer cover their wickedness, they no mm. longer try to pretend, right. Mm. It's bad. It, yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we're not going to condemn the leak and it just builds from here. We're not going to condemn this, this, this violation of trust. We're not going to condemn what's supposed to be sacred with the Supreme court. We're not going to condemn and say, Oh my goodness. Like, does this call into question whether or not we can trust the Supreme court and those who serve like are this? We're not going to get into that. We're just going to, we're going to be all historians
0: right. about this. We're and we're going to recognize gonna say, this is different. That's it's all.
1: unprecedented. Yeah. Thank you. Wikipedia would like credit for that. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, because what what did you you, a quick search? Yeah, we don't have any history of this. Okay, thanks. Wikipedia is proud. No, that's 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 actually not the question. So then we go from there. And what we learn is that there are several activist groups, among them Antifa. Mm. (laughs) Among them, Antifa calling for protests, not out, not only outside of these justices homes, but also outside of and inside of churches mm. on Mother's Day this weekend. And so then the question again is raised. And I think this clip and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Will agree, I think this is Peter Ducey of Fox News, which if you follow any of the uh, press conferences, you know that Jen Psaki does not like Peter Ducey.
3: <laughs> no.
1: And and. Well, okay, that's that's a different clip that we don't have here to to prove that, right, because that has evidence as well. But anyway, here I think this is Peter Ducey asking about the president's view on these activists who posted maps Mm. so that people can like show up outside of these justice homes who have families. And, you know, for some reason, just not a big deal. This is clip two.
2: These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point?
3: Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest that is certainly what the president's view would be
1: Mm. save that one we're going to play that one again here just kind (laughs) of right after this because you know for illustrative purposes um so when asked about the leak Mm -hmm. a historian she becomes right when asked about these planned protests all of a sudden the moral compass begins to come into focus, where it's like, look, people are sad, people are concerned, and and what does that have to do with gumbo in Louisiana? <laughs> like, what does that? Re- who cares about the emotion of the people who would try to intimidate justices? Like, yeah. who cares about what they're thinking? Like, why all of a sudden? Man. So, so historian, psychologist, like, you know, you're doing all of these things. Except really kind of like leaning in, because you guys like to lean in, like instead of just (laughs) leaning in and saying, no, this is wrong. We condemn it. This should not be. I mean, you know, woe to those who would try to thwart the way that our country uh, functions. Like, I mean, just whatever, you know, you could write it down and and, have some people draft it up for you. I don't care. But just
0: like tell the truth. And the thing is, at one time, it seemed like no matter what side it was on, they would have said that. They would have said that there's no place for intimidating Supreme Court justices. But you have now where some of them are were in hiding and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's amazing to consider what's going on here, you know, in America. Like, Will this is great. a this is a turn the corner moment. This is this, this is, is a
1: huge turn the corner moment. And, and to your point, that statement about some of the justices being in hiding, we've got a clip and I don't know if we have time to get to it on this side of the break. But this is Sonny Hostin of The View alluding to we shouldn't really be concerned because the justices have protection Mm. so like you can threaten and intimidate people as long as they've got like I mean they've got they've got like you know a team of people so we don't need to just do we have time for this clip
0: no we need to hold that clip
1: oh good grief oh the music says it's true (laughs) the music says it's true okay as soon as we get back on the other side guys let me just tell you I this is go time for the Christian If you're faint hearted, right, if you're prone to fear, first of all, go into your closet and pray. Ask the Lord to strengthen you and empower you by his spirit. This is go time for the Christian. Our activism was never rooted in in this like, I just need something to do. I'm just looking for a rally to go attend. No, it had, it's always that it needed to be rooted in eternality. What's my eternal focus? Why do I care about this eternally? Is it a threat to the gospel? I'm getting in on this because it's a threat to the gospel. And if that's true, then I'm not getting out when it becomes a threat to me.
3: Mm.
1: All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
3: See My Savior
1: bled for me, my Jesus set me free,
0: and look at those that give me life, grace flowing from His side, no greater sacrifice, what my future is heaven i praise god for what he's
2: done over the weekend i was i was watching a lot of the protests that were mm-hmm. happening outside of some of the justices homes and my understanding is that um, justice alito has had to go into hiding um uh, because of this um you know draft opinion that was leaked and while I think it is terrible that um, a justice would have to go into hiding, I think it is really clear to the justices now that, as Anna mentioned, 64 to 66% of Americans believe that the Supreme Court should uphold Roe v. Wade. Right? And so that being said, um, maybe these protests and maybe this outcry gives Chief Justice Roberts some leverage for a more moderate mm-hmm. approach uh, because we saw during the hearing that he was looking for a way, a moderate way, um, to handle this, this, uh, just this case.
1: Wait, wait, but that's not the way the United States Supreme Court operates. The the United States Supreme Court does not operate based on the pressure coming from the public. Right. Well, Aren't they supposed, supposed to, to just interpret the Constitution <laughs> and say, OK, this is what it means. This is this is this is how we rule on this mm-hmm. based on what this means, not what you people feel mm. like isn't so. But, but, but if the people have a feeling and then they want the Constitution changed, then they should have it amended, right? Like there's a process for all of this. And so basically what you have, this is Sonny Houston of The View, who I believe is an attorney mm-hmm. who is saying, you know, and it's, it's sad to see, I believe that Justice Alito uh, went into hiding as I was watching all of the protests uh, this weekend. And that's sad, but maybe he's learned his lesson. That's that's what she said. Basically, guys, I mean, you can and I'll play it again just so that people don't think that I'm exaggerating. Let's hear her again in her own words in just a second. But basically what she's saying, a couple different things. Right. One, maybe they've learned their lesson. Are they afraid yet? Hmm. Maybe, maybe they have learned not to trample all over the whiners. Maybe they have learned not to upset the screamers the screechers, mm. the howlers, maybe right. they have learned this. And also maybe Chief Justice Roberts has learned something too. Now, what does that mean? Like what is what what is I mean, like what, what is that like mm. Sonny, I just I just don't understand. Like what does that mean when you say maybe Justice Roberts because he was looking for a moderate way to sort of net like what what does that mean? What does that mean? So now he has the fuel which is pressure from these people who are mobbed up outside of justice's homes. He has the pressure to do what now to to do what to, Oh, Oh, to do what was done in 1973 to just start pulling things out of the air. That's what it is. Just start, just start Mm -hmm. pulling now Now just start pulling things out of the air. You got pressure. Just start pulling things out of the air. All right. Let's listen again. This is Sunny Hostin. And what is she saying? This is coming from The View. I believe she's a lawyer. What is she saying? She's saying, okay, in so many words, she's saying, keep the pressure on because maybe they've learned their lesson. And while it's sad that they have to go into hiding, I mean, you know, they have protection and, you know, I mean, like nothing's going to really happen to them, except that it's going to shake them enough that we get the result that we want, which by the way, let's always keep the main thing. The main thing we want to murder babies in this country. Mm. We want to murder babies in this so, country.
0: So let me ask you this, that I've heard this before, but that's 64, 66 percent of America. Is that accurate? Is that like a, a reliable poll? Or, or the whatever? most
1: Now, I will say this. This was surprising to me. The most recent poll that I'm aware of put it at 54% of Americans who want to see some changes made to abortion in this country, but not see Roe versus Wade overturned, wow. which I thought was really sickening. Wow. I haven't seen numbers that high. I don't know where she's getting her numbers, but of course we live in the age of just pulling things out of the air. Right. Um, but I did, uh, through the daily wire, um, I want to say 54% was the most recent number I heard of Americans who want to see changes to Roe versus Wade, but not see it completely overturned. So you've got to imagine that obviously Christians are included in that number. I still think that's pretty high to say we're talking about murdering babies.
0: Man.
1: We're yeah. talking about murdering babies. Right. This, I and I just, I just want to keep that in perspective that we're talking about murdering babies, even the president himself. And, and you know, when, he, when he gets away from his handlers, he <laughs> just kind of starts saying things talking about the quote-unquote right to abort a child. He said that, the right to abort a child. <laughs> it, it's one thing, you know, I think for us to, and we shouldn't do this, and and, and I I would say that many of us don't do this, but you kind of sometimes want to think that these people need a little bit of ministry. Maybe they just don't understand, you know? You, you kind of want to be at the ready to minister to them, but then when they actually say and confirm no, we we really do understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're not left to have this this place where you think, just if I could get to them and right. and if we could just kind of sort of try to reason just a little bit. Um, but no, no, the president himself. The the woman's right to quote abort a child, he said. Again, I want you to hear this clip again. This because I really believe that Sonny Hostin sort of represents um the liberal pop culture media that you would hear from on this issue and though many people who would have these platforms would probably not say this the way that Sonny Hostin has communicated this I do believe that this is the sentiment I think this is the sentiment that's going to come from all of the people that sadly a large amount of Americans like to listen to this this is going to be their position all right here is Sonny again
2: over the weekend, I was, I was watching a lot of the protests that were happening outside of some of the justices' homes. And my understanding is that um, Justice Alito has had to go into hiding um, uh, because of this, um, you know, draft opinion that was leaked. And, and while I think it is terrible that um, a justice would have to go into hiding, I think it is really clear to the justices now that, as Anna mentioned, 64 to 66% of Americans believe that the Supreme Court should uphold Roe v. Wade, right? And so that being said, um, maybe these protests and maybe this outcry gives Chief Justice Roberts some leverage for a more moderate mm-hmm. approach. Uh, Because we saw during the hearing that he was looking for a way, a moderate way um, to handle this, this, uh, just this case. Listen, um,
1: we, this, this is a shift. This is a shift to openly condone threat and intimidation. And then, and let me share this story here. And then and then we want to go to scripture. We want to go to scripture because this is the moment that we're in. And I'm really sincerely asking the question. Um, I, you know, I, I have my own answer. I have my own answer, but I, I am sincerely asking the question, um, are we looking at the price of protecting the gospel in America? Is this what it looks like uh, going forward to protect the gospel in America, and for those of you who say, "Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about the pro-life abortion issue, then you have detached yourself, even if you're an activist, you've detached yourself from the reason for your activism because this is a question of morality, and when we stand up and we assert what is morally right, when we stand up and we tell the truth about who God is, this is a gospel issue, and I'm going to make my case from scripture. I'm going to make my case from scripture and I, and I let me say something else too. Um. Well, let me go to this story here. So police are investigating a targeted arson attack at a Wisconsin pro-life office. This story says anti-abortion office, which, you know, I think the liberals have employed that to sort of put those of us who stand up to defend and protect innocent life to kind of put us on guard, you know? So they they say, no, we're not going to call them pro-life because that's so like, you know, that's good, right? You know what I mean? So we so we got to find a way to, to sort of like demonize them, even in the way we refer to them. Hmm. And so there's been this shift over the last few years, you've noticed it, where they move, the liberals move to anti-abortion, which is crazy because what it really banks on is that the sentiment is that Americans largely accept abortion. So it it banks on a certain immorality of the people, so that if we call them out as anti-abortionists, then that puts them on the defense, which I I, I think is insane. I think we should be like, yeah, we are anti-abortion.
0: Well, that's the reason that they're putting those numbers out there. They want pe- they want the thought to be that most people are for it. That they're you're gonna...
1: robbing people of their rights. Exactly. That you that you are sending people back. And 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 I was writing down some of the chances. I was watching some of these clips of these people. There was one woman. I you know. I don't know how long we have, but I just imagine that in time, you know, when she sees herself on some of these videos, she was standing outside of a church singing, thank God for abortion,
3: mm. singing,
1: singing, thank God for abortion. They were chanting outside of the justices' homes, uh, keep abortion safe and legal and we will not go back and all of these things. This, to me, seems like you really believe you you really believe that um, not only do you have a righteous cause, that's that's your belief, but you believe that the majority of Americans are on your side.
3: Mm.
1: And, you know, I, I got to say, we don't get there. We don't get that kind of sentiment unless we have a fair amount of Christians who just sort of like don't say anything. You know what I mean? Who, Or 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 worse, secretly kind of agree even though they know it's not right but they kind of like you know which i've heard some of this you know from some christians well i mean what if they just if you just absolutely excuse me absolutely don't have access to abortion i've heard some people ask so what are you going to do with all those babies (laughs) as if you're talking about trash and all of a sudden you no longer have your garbage pickup like you know what i mean that's how that's how you hear some christians even talking about this i mean because then what are you what are you going to do when you got all those babies like you (laughs) know Like, listen. We need to we need to be able to hear ourselves, right? Okay. So here's the article. Police are continuing to investigate after they say someone threw a Molotov cocktail, ignited a fire, and vandalized uh, an anti-abortion group's office in Madison, Wisconsin. The Madison Fire Department received reports of flames at the Wisconsin Family Action office at approximately six a.m. Sunday, police say. Firefighters were able to quickly put the fire out. No injuries were reported. Upon further investigation, police were able to determine that a Molotov cocktail was thrown inside the building but did not ignite. They believe a separate fire was started in response. Graffiti was also found at the scene. The words, quote, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. (laughs) Alongside an A with a circle around it and the numbers 1312. This is the mark of Antifa. And Antifa on all of its socials was calling for these types of attacks this weekend with this tag phrase, if you will, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either.
3: Mm.
1: So, oh. so you, would, you would think that this would be the point where a moral people or a moral White House mm, mm. would stand up and say, hey, this is, this is wrong. This is wrong. We condemn this kind of behavior, but, that, but that's not largely what we're seeing. What we're seeing is sort of like the two-step dance of, well, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not great, but it's not against us. So, you know, <laughs> it, it kind of advances our mission. And again, what's the mission um, to murder babies? What's the mission? What's the mission to destroy innocent life? People, people made in the image of God. People at their start who all were, who we all were Mm
0: -hmm. at our start. Right.
1: (laughs) Just (laughs) like them. Vulnerable. Right. And I mean, but we have gotten so used to this that we we don't, in some ways, we don't process it the way that we should. Right. And I was thinking about this earlier this morning. And um, I recall to mind a book that I read several years ago. The book is uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, A Spiritual Life. And if you're familiar with Harriet Beecher Stowe, she's the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin, the Beecher family, um, well-known in this country for their activism and the abolition of slavery, um, upset quite a few people. And one of the um, accounts in this story is about Harriet Beecher Stowe's brother, Edward. And I misrecalled this fact when I was talking to the college students a, a couple of weeks ago. I thought that he actually was at the printing press and was shot. It turns out he was away from the printing press, so he was not shot. But the owner of this particular uh, printing press in this shop where they were printing abolitionist material uh, actually was shot. And I was thinking about this in light of where we are in this country and how, you know, there, there's something very telling about being on the wrong side of history. Guys, hear mm. me well. I don't mince words. There's something very telling about being on the wrong side of history. The resorting to violence, right? The, the, this sort of characterizes all of these movements that are on the wrong side. That's
0: right. The violence and
1: and and the rage yep. and the destroy everything. You know, it's it's not and and. just sort of is everywhere you look, just think about the different uprisings that you've seen or that you've read about in history, these people who are on the wrong side, what is it? It's just, you know, to, to make our case, we have to engage in destruction. (laughs) And so as I was reading this story about what happened at Wisconsin, the Wisconsin family action office, I was thinking about this other account that, that happened that involved the Beecher family and when we get back on the other side of the break, I just want to read a little excerpt for, for you. I just I just want to share this. It also involves fire and also involves taking life. Why? Because these people are standing up and they're saying, you know what? Um, black people in America are made in the image of God. They're actually not subhuman. You actually can't own them. You You actually shouldn't treat them like animals. And the Bible tells us this, this is what these people are saying. And it did cost life. Hmm. All right, Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. To Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and that's CC Winans, we're worthy of it all.
1: Hey, Will the Great, I was curious about your question. I wanted to confirm my numbers, and there is a new Rasmussen poll that was conducted on May the 3rd that has some numbers on how Americans feel about overturning Roe. And this is from LifeNews.com. A new Rasmussen poll shows more Americans want Roe versus Wade overturned than want to keep the infamous Supreme Court decision in place that allows abortion up to birth. I'm reading here, abortion activists have engaged in violence, vandalism, and heated protests in response to a leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court that overturns Roe versus Wade. Although Democrats and the liberal media want the country to think a majority of Americans support Roe and abortion, the opposite is true. Just as 11 recent polls show Americans are pro life on abortion, the latest Restmussen reports. Um, It's a national telephone telephone survey finds more Americans want Roe overturned. So here's some numbers. According to Rasmussen, 48 percent of likely U.S. voters voters would approve of a Supreme Court ruling to overturn Roe versus Wade, including 32 percent who would strongly approve and 45 percent who would disapprove of overturning Roe versus Wade. Um, I you know, I don't know. I, I I still feel like that number is kind of low. You know, I I still feel like there should be more of a response from Christians yeah. that would kind of skew this number even higher than that. Yeah, saying that yeah yeah we want Roe overturned. Because, I mean
0: yeah because if you think about like even in the past with uh, elections, you know it was always like eighty one percent of evangelical you know it was like this mm-hmm, high number that mm-hmm. voted a certain way and stuff like that. So you would hope that when we talk about this issue. That it would be, you know, a high number of Christians who are uh, evangelical Christians or whatever you want to call it. That, that would w-
1: skew the voting Americans. Exactly. Right? The, and, exactly. And, and, and let me t- I, I would just tell you my commentary on that is that I think that number is not as high as it should be because there are some people who are like, well, I'm not in support of killing babies. But like, you know, Roe, you know, those people who want to do it, they should have that right. That That's hmm. another one of the sorry said. Um, defenses of Roe that I've heard coming from Christians, Mm -hmm. which if you just take abortion out of that sentence and apply it to anything else, it just doesn't make sense. You say, (laughs) well, I'm not in, I'm not in favor of shooting two year olds at point blank range, but I think other people should be able Mm -hmm. to do it if they feel like it. Right.
3: (laughs) Like
1: where does that, I'm not, I'm not in favor of men beating their wives I think is horrible, but I think the men in that situation should be able to decide you know if they need if they need to beat their wives that's how they sound right that's how they say it they always kind of it's like a i mean it's not it's not my my decision i i don't right. i would not beat my wife, but if <laughs> you know that man feels there's no other choice for him uh he should be protected and have the right that is a personal decision between <laughs> him and his wife. Wow. Uh, i don 't think that the government i don 't think that politicians should be you know telling that man whether or not he can or cannot beat his wife and just insert anything else you want to use right. It makes no sense, but we do this for abortion i 'm going to tell you I think that this shows conditioning this shows conditioning that we have been conditioned to accept murder and mm. and this actually shows the power of laws. That's why when you have bad laws in a country, it's bad for the people because it confuses them. It distorts their ability to discern because we we tend to automatically think and and this is look, this is built in into us, right? That we think that laws are supposed to be right. Again, pointing to when men violate the laws of God, they are without excuse. We're right. actually wired to to believe that laws are right. So we so for us as Christians, we continue to be steeped in the word of God so that when there are bad laws that are written, we are able to say, "Mm, no, but not that one. Mm. That's not good. Why? Because we're holding it up against God's law, God's moral law. It's not just law for law's sake. But we have been we have been conditioned in this country and our view of what is right and what is wrong has been distorted. Why? Because you you have had. Row since 1973. Nearly 50 years, you've had people being told that it is okay to murder innocent people, and in what really is supposed to be the safest environment for them. And so we've lost our ability to discern. Man, I, I wanted to read, and hmm. and we may not get to calls today, but uh, Lord willing, I'll, I'll remedy that as best I can. Okay. Whenever you have people who are fighting against God, and I, you know what I mean when I say that, right? I mean, come on, they they plot in vain. Why do they rage, right? right? There is always the resort to violence, threat, and intimidation. If we really believe that we have um, legitimate arguments. We should be able to present those arguments and go back and forth. Right. There's a certain type of rhetoric that we can employ where we try to convince one another. Let us Mm -hmm. let us reason. Let us talk about these things. But when we know we're just wrong and we just Mm want to have our way, then we just start blowing stuff up. We just start blowing stuff up. We just start, we just start throwing Molotovs. We just start uh, setting things on fire. We just right. start shooting people. We just start taking life. Why? Because if we go at this in a way where we try to logically arrive at a conclusion by, like, let's, let's go back and forth. Let's debate this. If I, if I think I'm going to lose, right, then I've got to take out the opposition because I can't risk losing. All right. So here is from Harriet Beecher Stowe, A Spiritual Life. This is just just for your consideration. All right. I'm going to read just a little bit here. Read at length here. All right. Um, While the Presbyterians split up in the city of brotherly love, the anti I'm sorry, the American Anti-Slavery Society was also meeting in Philadelphia. The American Anti-Slavery Society was scheduled to meet in Philadelphia Hall, but a mob burned down the building. (laughs) There we go. I'm just guys, these are the things that come back to my mind when I read like current event. I'm like, wow, this sounds yeah, it's strangely just familiar, right? The same just, thing to Stephen. Oh, I have that in my notes. Oh, Look at you run. I'm no, sorry. it's great. I it's know, great. I'm no, that's a, that is a, that's quiet. exactly right. No, don't don't say that <laughs> because then people <laughs> like, come on. Oh wow, victim. He just pulled the victim
0: card. Off the Anyways, read. Right. Steve,
3: <laughs> thank
1: you. Okay. When the group reconvened in another building, the mob torched that one, too. (laughs) Wow. Quote, the Philadelphia Fire Department, which had merely let Pennsylvania Hall burn, tried to extinguish the second blaze. But the mob cut the hoses, end quote, wrote one historian. (laughs) Mobs roiled Illinois, resulting in the murder of Elijah Lovejoy in Alton, Illinois, in 1837. Listen to this. Lovejoy was a Presbyterian minister who, in addition to serving his congregation, edited an anti-slavery paper called The Observer. Lovejoy's press was destroyed three times and threats were made against his life. His anti-slavery views were moderate. He neither called for the immediate abolition nor encouraged slaves to run away. Wow. Harriet's older brother, Edward, president of Illinois College in Jacksonville, was a friend of Lovejoy's. <clears throat> Edward went to Alton to help Lovejoy convene the Illinois Anti-Slavery Society. Many Presbyterian and Congregationalist ministers attended, but Alton was just across the river from slave-holding Missouri, and there was strong pro-slavery feeling in town. Lovejoy's activism seemed likely to bring on a pro-slavery backlash. Several town meetings were held to diffuse the tension, but things only got worse. At one of these meetings, Lovejoy was told to stop his paper and leave town if he wished to remain alive. He replied, quote, You can crush me if you will, but I shall die at my post, for I cannot and will not forsake it. End quote. Then he wept for his family and what they might face if he got killed. At that very time, Lovejoy's new printing press was being shipped to Alton aboard the Missouri Fulton. Late that night, the press was unloaded under cover of darkness and locked in a warehouse by the river. Edward Beecher and others stayed in town to protect Lovejoy and his new press. (laughs) The next morning, Edward met with Lovejoy and his wife for prayer in their home. The press seemed secure, and Edward believing the crisis was over, left for Jacksonville. That night, Lovejoy and his supporters were guarding the press when a large, drunken mob came to the warehouse and attempted to set it on fire. Lovejoy ran out, armed, to defend himself and his press. He was shot five times. The mob roared in triumph and surged into the warehouse to destroy the press. Lovejoy was killed. I was thinking about this this morning, and I was thinking, this history is not the only history that points to what it looks like to be on the right side of an issue. Mm. But as Will the Great alluded to, and you're absolutely right, Stephen is an example of this in Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 53, and one of the things that Stephen does is that he points to, man, has there ever been a time...
0: (laughs) Right.
1: Where you've not tried to destroy mm-hmm. those who are the messengers of God.
0: Yeah. A, he,
1: and and remember, I said this is a Lazarus moment. So Lazarus serves as another example in John chapter 12, verses 9 through 11, mm. where you've got the 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 high priests who are saying, Hold on a second, um, they're looking at Lazarus and they're following after Jesus. You know what we gotta do? We gotta kill him. Destroy the evidence that God is real. Mm. Get get rid of the witness and culture that God is real. So just like we had this this moment where you needed faithful Christians to say, wait a minute, I don't think I don't think God improve uh, approves of stealing men and enslaving them. Right. Then selling them, then reproducing them like cattle and then selling them and ripping their children from, I, you know, I just don't. I don't know. I don't think God approves of the business of populating people for purchase. I just, I don't know. Just as a Christian, something doesn't set right with me. And then if you can't, you know, then you go to the scriptures, you go to the scriptures. And this is where our fight for life is anchored and rooted in the scriptures. Is God holy? Is his word true? We say yes. So we're not going to keep silent on this issue. But in Paul's first letter to Timothy, this is really interesting. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he tells Timothy, hey, Timothy, listen, I urged you when I was going on to Macedonia to remain at Ephesus. Why? So that you could charge certain people not to teach lies. Right. Hmm. It's 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 get in the face of these false teachers. Get in the face of these men who are telling lies, but then trying to use the law to do it. If you go back and you do a little bit of inductive Bible study here with First Timothy, but in the interest of our time, I can't do all of that. so here's what I'm going to jump to. this is first Timothy chapter one verse eight. Paul writes this to Timothy. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, not as a cover up for sin, not in defense of a lie. Hmm verse 9 understanding this that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless and for disobedient for the ungodly and sinners for the unholy and profane for those who strike their fathers and mothers listen listen carefully to this list here what you will hear is you will hear just about all of the 10 commandments with the exception of the 10th restated and the exception of the 4th because the the uh The Sabbath as a mandate is not restated in the New Testament. But but listen to this. It's like Paul is kind of running through the Ten Commandments here. Verse 9. I'll go back to verse 9. Understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers. Hmm. For murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, this literally means men who steal men to enslave. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what it means. That's the literal translation of it. it literally means it's it's it says enslavers, but it literally means men who steal men to enslave. Liars, perjurers, and then in case your particular proclivity is not listed there again, it's sort of like in Galatians, right? Mm-hmm. He says, and whatever else is contrary. Listen, and this is the point. Whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Mm. So all of these things, all of the marring of these things, all of these things celebrated and exalted in culture, man, these things conflict with sound doctrine, which marred the gospel. So when people murder babies, this is a gospel issue. When people enslave people, robbing, stealing, cheating, lying, all of these things are gospel issues. We have to keep telling the truth. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord
3: willing. God bless